Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today's guest is Dana Pennenberg, who is a craniosacral therapist, somatic healer, holistic birth coach, and radical birth keeper. Hi, Dana. Hi, Nikki. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here and to connect with you. I'm really excited to share more about your work with our listeners. And I um, had the pleasure of experiencing, um, you know, your craniosacral work recently. And I just loved it so much. And I love your energy. And I feel like we're just so aligned on so many things. So I'm just excited to you know, learn more about your story and what brought you to this work. And um, I just would love for you to share with us how you ended up doing this work that you're doing. Yeah, well, I just want to second what you said. I I was blown away by the connection that I had with you. I have been a fan and a listener of the podcast, but just connecting with you in person, I feel like five minutes of talking, we just had this amazing connection and we're totally on the same page. So how I arrived at the work that I do now. It was a long, windy journey. I don't know if you want me to start all the way from the beginning or kind of like how I got into birth. I know. I I mean, I think it's, um, you know, it all, I, life, I don't think there are any mistakes. That's just how I see it. And I find it so interesting that you're, when I meet women, you know, Carson's the same way that are in this line of work and don't have children themselves yet, but it's like, they're called to this work, but you started with other things that led you to it. So I'm just, yeah, yeah I just so, want to know from the beginning, like okay. tell us. Yeah. I mean, the beginning, beginning probably was my own birth, but then I went through a big, healing journey through my teens and early 20s. I uh, I had a 12-year journey with chronic Lyme disease, and then it led me to the best of Eastern and holistic modalities. My dad's actually an orthopedic surgeon, and so I just tried everything, and it ultimately led me to my teachers and to pursue craniosacral work, and that it was this radical shift of what healing is when you stop trying to fix it or interfere with it or get in the way of it, that it's this beautiful, intelligent, emergent process. I want to interrupt you really quick because we've talked about healing so much on the podcast. And recently when we had Zach Bush on, he was saying, like, healing is a spontaneous event. You know, it it can be a spontaneous event. And I think, you know, just for what you, from what you just shared too, like this idea of like letting healing, like just be and like letting go. That's kind of what I'm gathering from what you're saying of like. Yeah. And it's not simply like just going hands off either. It's attunement really. It's like just a deep listening and making relationship to the system so that it is seen and heard and that it can express what it knows how to do. That is, it's, the healing expression. And what I actually found was that birth is almost exactly the same way. You know, what happens when we stop interrupting it and interfering with it and how do we hold it and attune to it, protect it so it can express its brilliance. 
so that's where the two kind of connect for me. Uh, but what actually led me to pursuing birth was as I was practicing craniosacral, my clients on the table were unwinding patterns from their birth. It was kind of the source that I could go to, to unravel everything, all of the issues that were presenting in the present. And it was the missing link for healing for myself, as well as many of my clients. And if they were struggling for a long time and they didn't, patterns were repeating or they were hitting walls, we could always go back to the birth and see what initially happened and then release the nervous system, unwind the shock, release the emotions and make repair. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I, I've had that experience where I started working with someone on this level and I thought that I had like healed so much of my own birth experience, but there were some details that were left out. And, and I noticed that that same patterning ended up happening with my birth with my daughter. And it was just like so crazy. So I'm curious, how does like healing happen when we, like you were saying, you finally kind of become aware of this pattern, right? And then like, how does that look? And within a session context? Yeah, like within a session or just like healing these ancestral patterns, right? Like what is it? You become aware and then you're in session and it's just like, how do you stop it? You know, how do you know that it's healed, right? Well, I think healing is happening all the time and we're always in a growth process. We're always evolving. And so I don't know if this is the best analogy, but it's kind of like a tree. Like if we're expanding branches up here, we want to widen the roots down here. We want to collect and integrate at the beginning so that we can be resourced to move forward. And so that's kind of how, in my experience, the birth healing happens, that there are so many layers to it. It's not just like you go in and you do one session on the birth. It's our patterning is alive all the time. And there are many layers, there may may be many layers to it. And so my goal really with my work is to help my clients master the birth process because birth is the path to transformation and the, the energetics of birth move us forward in our life. And so back to your question. So what happens? I become aware of the patterns. Yeah, that's always the first step. And then talking through it, there, there can be verbal processing and then finding how it's living in your body. You can track through sensation as well as some of the hands-on work that will allow the nervous system to release it. And craniosacral, it allows a process of healing called unwinding. And so the body will start to release. And so sometimes, you know, a client will say they'll feel the place where the forceps were on their head. And so the pain will come through and then we'll just kind of hold space for it and you know, hold space for any associated emotions or any beliefs that they formed about themselves because birth is always existential. And you, we, even though we're pre-verbal, we make meaning out of what happened. So uh, there are like so many different scenarios, obviously that happen in 
birth. And I completely agree with you. I see how it has translated with my own children and myself and my siblings. And even, you know, for me specifically, I was vacuumed out of my mother. And so I have this, like, I hundred percent believe that I like came into this world, having this feeling of like, not being able to do things by myself. Okay. Yeah. You you hear that a lot. Yeah. And that's something that I'm totally working through ever since I've been able to kind of identify that. And I've identified how it's, you know, made its way into my life and how I'm like breaking the pattern now. Beautiful. Yes. Which is really exciting. But I feel like I'm just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting for people to maybe like we can start with what is a radical birth keeper? You know, you kind of explain that, but maybe kind of go deeper into that. And then maybe some simple like explanations of, you know, certain birth events that happen and how they translate into people's lives. Like for me, you know, that's how it was for a vacuumed a girl that was like vacuumed out of her mom. Right. Yes. Um, there's, you know, girl people that are C-section babies. There are people, and we all have these like characteristics that are probably more common among C-section children. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. that it's like a, yeah. yeah. And I feel like I'd love for you to also go into like this specifically because it pertains to me, but my son was um, induced with Cytotech and I just like, breaks my heart that but it just you know that was his birth process that's how he came into the world but he was my water broke and then he was induced with this um basically an abortive pill it's an abortion pill yeah and yeah and then like he i needed to take it twice because it didn't work but it was because they wanted me to have the baby within 24 hours and my contractions hadn't started and then i did they go on the clock like that I don't know. Cause I was like at a hospital, you know, even though I was trying to like do everything at home because my water broke early oh, it was and- because your water broke. Okay. And then, um, he, so then the reason they gave me that was because I was so against Pitocin, but no one had, I hadn't been educated about Cytotech. Okay. And they had said, you know, if you do this form of induction, you might not need an epidural and I was trying to not get an epidural. So like I kind of fell for it, even though any induction kind of leads to an epidural for the most part. Did you experience that? Did you get the epidural? So I ended up with an epidural. And what I want to share is I've done a lot of research and I found since that like children who have been in mothers, you know, during the labor process who have taken epidurals, it has what's that thing that everyone's passing away from this keeps yeah fentanyl in it and like there's a huge uptick in you know these opioid deaths and fentanyl deaths and heroin deaths and i really believe that there's a strong correlation because we're coming and we're imprinted into this definitely do as well and i was really interested when you shared that on your podcast before yeah so I wonder how, okay, so like, yeah, just kind of go back to like, you know, birth keepers, radical birth keepers. Birth keeping and then into that, like, into all- just shared that has, I have so many questions about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that I got into becoming a radical birth keeper was I did the 
traditional doula training and a lot of pieces were missing for me because I came from the background of, of pre and perinatal psychology and understanding the baby's experience. And I didn't feel like that was acknowledged in my basic doula training. I didn't feel like there was an awareness of trauma and what's actually happening with all these interventions. It was just like, how do we make mom more comfortable and how do we back her up whatever choice she makes? And so with that, I just felt kind of stifled and that I didn't know how to really support people in the way that I wanted to and believed in. And so I heard, I told, I told you, I heard Yolanda Norris Clark on a podcast with Luke's story, and she just filled in all the missing pieces for me. She has an incredible understanding of physiological birth and as well as trauma. And she was kind of calling out the medical system and describing all the interventions and the actual effects of them. And so I, I went into her training program, the Radical Birth Keeper School, uh, with Yolanda Nor Norris Clark and Emily Saldea of the Free Birth Society. And so it was a very comprehensive training all on physiological birth, birthing outside of the medical system. And so, thing. yeah, I just felt like I couldn't really support women in the way that I wanted to in the hospital setting. So I was just, I was kind of scared, but also so, I mean, thrilled to find out this other way and that every question I had, they were able to decode it and debunk it and say, you know, kind of weigh the risks and the actual safety of doing at home at home versus the hospital. And so piece by piece, I was able to decondition myself from the dependency on the system and, and then support women who were interested in that. So that is radical birth keeping is supporting women in birthing holistically, birthing at home outside of the system if they choose. I love that. And then that's when you also were, had become aware of the patterning and the imp birth imprints or like, was no, that? that was before. Okay. So I kind of came in already with the understanding of the baby's perspective. Yeah. And what I got from it was an, a deeper understanding of physiological birth. Okay. And how to support both mother and baby in that process and understand that, you know, in the, in the hospital, there are, there are all these rules and protocols and what they tell you, you need like you, you know, they'll put you on a clock if your water breaks and yeah. you have to in, induce, but can you choose to wait it out at home and just stay clean? Probably. Yes. Yeah. I totally could have like, my water wasn't shooting out. You know, it was like I had so much amniotic fluid that they ended up having to break my water sack because they said I had a four bag and this was after I had been induced. So it's like if only my doula, that's the other thing is like choosing the right doula, you know, just because someone's a doula doesn't mean they know all of this. And that's amazing that people are interested in becoming doulas and everyone's like everyone starts somewhere but my doula you know 
didn't even know what Cytotech was. So she couldn't give me like proper information or anything. And I was kind of put within minutes, like told to make a decision. And okay. um, I didn't have any experience like in this world, like my world and my life completely changed when I became a mother because I didn't know, I knew some things. Like I knew I didn't want to, I knew about how I wanted to raise my children or what sorts of things like well visits and how I wasn't like really interested in taking my children to well visits. And like, I knew what they were all about and I didn't want an epidural whatever, but I didn't understand like, I have this like fully holistic view of the process and like what's really going on. I could kind of tell, but that's why like, I just am such a big fan of um, talking to women such as yourself or other people that are really immersed in this because there's so much information to share and so many different perspectives and so many things to, you know, really understand. And then also this idea of like surrendering that like, yes, that at the end of the day, you can't, birth isn't something you can control, but you can come into it with some idea of like what you said, you know, protecting like the process. I don't know how you said it. Like the the way that healing and birth ha are like kind of one in the It's so beautiful. And you know, the difference between my birth with my son and my birth with my daughter is like so wild because I was able to do it in my own environment, be in like the water where I, I personally feel very comfortable. I was able to just kind of like really open up and it was for the most part, like, I, I mean, totally like felt like a pain-free birth, really, obviously like birth I is painful. I have any help with that pain, pain. No. Yeah. And like, you know, I thought I wasn't going to make it. Like I needed an epidural. I, there were so many reasons why I, I was exhausted at that point, but with my son, but yeah, I'd love for you to kind of share with us common characteristics with common that are associated with common interventions that you've found with people when it comes to like how that imprinting of their birth story translates to the rest of our lives. I will go into that. I also want to make a point about what you are sharing and that I truly believe in divine timing above all and that, you know, there are no mistakes in life and in birth and this that experience allowed you and him to become exactly who you came here to be and do the healing that you're meant to do together as a family. Aww, and that time, people refer to it as, as the quantum, but like in, in healing, time is not linear. Like we're always going backwards and forwards and kind of like spirals and fractals. And, yeah. and so, there is always time to make that repair with him and you can make it with him every day. And something that I advise mothers to do is to actively talk with their children about birth, about what happened, fill in the missing pieces, allow him to express the emotions around it, to release it through play, through metaphor, and actively make that repair every day. Oh, I love that. And then so, Back to characteristics, what you described is, is, I see that very often when there was some kind of interruption, whether it was a C-section 
forceps, vacuum. Sometimes people can feel like they know what they're going out in life to do, but then all of a sudden they get flooded with doubt and they second guess themselves. They just get stifled and then life kind of takes them in another direction. And so the repair for that is kind of going back in and reestablishing your own timing and your own pathway. Like how you would have had it, how you would have wanted it to be, or just kind of like understanding that that doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah, I mean, it probably would need to happen assisted within the context of a session. Someone yeah, assist yeah. you in doing that and kind of revisiting that, understanding what you made it mean and how it's being held in your body, releasing it and then recreating it. And so for me, I was induced actually, and it was a quote unquote natural induction. He stripped the membranes and I was out in an hour. And as a child, as a toddler, I moved very slowly and I was constantly trying to affirm my own timing. And so that is something that, that I worked through. I actually discovered, I've been discovering that a big piece of my healing and what happened with me was something, was an intervention that took place in the womb, uh, which oh, is the uh, amniocentesis, or I guess uh, it was CVS, the CVS procedure where they go in with a needle and they yeah. take a sample of the, the lining. Mm -hmm. And so, were your parents older or is that what they used to do uh, for testing? That to just test it, make sure that I was okay. Yeah. But it totally caused like a shock response in my body and this kind of invasion. Yeah. And so that was ultimately how, how I think the Lyme disease got in. That's exactly kind of what a tick does. And Whoa. I grew up having... I grew up having nightmares and fears about someone coming in through the window. And so I did some repair around that, which was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then what I, what I also see is people with the cord wrapped around their neck. And I talk, I've talked about this with Yolanda because in the physiological birth space, they view it as not an emergency and it's that it's adaptive to wrap the cord and it's true like it doesn't it's not cause for an emergency intervention all you need to do is unwrap it but it can be very scary for the little one yeah you feel like as you're being born you're risking dying and so that's what i've experienced when i've gone back there with people mm -hmm. and so what what I see with those types of people is that uh, they can be, they're usually very expressive, usually artists, but they can be a little bit stifled with how they share that expression or they could be like, a lot of them are secret journalers. <laughs> and, uh, and then what, what I do see is that they are between worlds, like they're kind of shamanic. Interesting. Yeah. And so I think there's always a gift on the other side of integrating the emperor. Yeah. 
And so that's often what I see. There's always a gift in there. And yeah, usually it's about like being able to affirm your timing and kind of clear wherever you got interrupted. Mm -hmm. So what about um, epidural births? Well, because you kind of have a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With epidural, what I see is that that's a moment where the mom numbs out and kind of leaves her body. Mm-hmm. And so that it's like the contact is removed for the baby yeah. and it could feel very lonely. And like yeah. I have to do this all by myself. And, you know, maybe they're a little bit drowsy too. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to the Fullest Podcast. As you may or may not know, we've been sharing the benefits of saffron with our community for a little while now, and I want to offer 15% off our entire product line to our podcast listeners with code THEFULLESTPODCAST at checkout online at thefullest.com. Growing up in a Persian family, I'd always felt the benefit of saffron in my life, but it wasn't until I stumbled on the research that it made me realize what powerful medicine it is. Saffron has been proven over and over again in clinical double-blind placebo trials to be an effective form of treatment for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years for these purposes, and now the research is here to finally back it up, proving that plant medicines and ancient healing practices can actually be an effective alternative to pharmaceuticals. At the fullest, we believe that incorporating this ancient wisdom into our modern lives is the most powerful and accessible path to healing. We also believe that everyone's journey is unique, so our product line offers a variety of formulas to help you curate saffron into your personal wellness routine. Warm Feelings is our saffron latte powder and comes in individual sachets and in large sustainable glass jars. Featuring 150 milligrams of high-grade saffron in a creamy bed of coconut and cardamom, it's the perfect coffee alternative and feel-good start to your day. If you prefer to pop a pill, Kinder Thoughts is our 30-day supply of saffron capsules, and it's a super simple way to support your body and mood with the power of saffron. Not to mention, it's really amazing for headaches if you feel one coming on. Our saffron soaks are the latest addition to our product lineup, which include Exheal, our saffron salt bath blend, and Inheal, our probiotic-rich saffron milk bath blend. Soak in them to support your digestion, inflammation, and support your skin microbiome. Honestly, at the moment, I'm using each of these products on a daily basis depending on my needs. And to help you begin your saffron journey, we're offering a discount of 15% off just for our podcast listeners with code THEFULLESTPODCAST at checkout. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That's like, and that could translate to this feeling of like, you know, why do people need to numb out or what is it that they're trying to, what void are they trying to fill like later on, you know? Or if numbing out was the way that you had contact. Yeah. And it's, it's so individual. Like I can make these generalizations and I could say, generally this is what I see or this is what this kind of person is, but it is always an individual and you always have to kind of go in and see what, 
what emotions are involved here with this person or what meaning did they make about this that then informed everything else in their life? Yeah, totally. Gosh, it's it's so interesting to talk about birth as of going back to the birth experience as a form of um, really healing our story because once once the idea like came into my mind or you know, I started talking to people about that who have experienced that or a work, you know, such as yourself do that sort of work. It just like makes so much sense. And it's just so beautiful to be able to share that with people that there's this experience that you had that you probably have never thought about, you know, or have just heard a story or two about and then kind of moved on. But there's so much unpacking and unwinding to do right there. And yeah, and that usually it's like what people experience is that they have these repetitive dysfunctional cycles. In yeah. If in moving out into the world in new ways or in relationships and they're like, why does this keep happening? I'm not intentionally creating this. But then oftentimes we can go back to the birth and we can find out what we decided then or what what we made it mean when we get close to somebody or when we expand into the world into in a new way and kind of what we had to do to survive in that initial experience and then release it and repair, create that new story. And it happens not just in the birth process, but like you said, and during the entire pregnancy, you know, right? Like from conception, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard of, um, you know, just even the difference of being, you know, a baby who's been called in versus, you know, not, you know, wanting the baby, right? And not, not that that, you know, makes anyone less of a person or whatnot, but it's just like being aware of how you, um, you know, how you were in your mother's womb and what her experience was and how that translated to you makes a huge difference because now you're your own person you've individuated and you have power over yourself and your story and it isn't exactly. yeah. but like you can now be your own person and re like reincorporate that and give new meaning and understanding and compassion for that right yeah and so when we are about four weeks in utero the heart is totally exposed outside of the body. And that is usually around the time mom finds out and has that response, like whether she's excited, whether she's scared, embarrassed, shamed. Uh, so that goes right into the sense of self. And so again, like there, I don't believe there are any mistakes, but there is opportunity for understanding and there's opportunity for repair. Yeah, so amazing. and. I think um, for anyone out there that's interested in doing this type of work, you know, I can you share a little bit about the difference between this type of inner work versus like traditional therapy or any sort of other therapeutic, you know, methods? Yeah, I mean, I do have clients that have done therapy for like decades and what they often say is they get farther along within a sh much shorter period of time with this kind of work because it is involving the subconscious and the patterns held in the body. And so what I find with my clients who are doing a lot of talk therapy, like it's great 
and complementary to this work. But if you're kind of only doing the talk therapy, you are uncovering a lot from the subconscious and then it's just circulating in your mind and it doesn't have a pathway out. And so it can be a little bit more triggering or activating in that way. And so yeah, this that makes first sense. that release and that embodied integration. Yeah, because our emotions are held within our body. And so if we're just like, you know, thinking it through, we're not releasing it necessarily. We're just reliving it maybe or I also love what you said, and I find it so fascinating what you said about how um, your experience with Lyme and how it mirrored, you know, your um, birth experience. So, like when you came, when you, you kind of put that together, how had you already healed from Lyme, or was that the moment where it was just kind of this aha moment for you? You know, I was the kind of person that. There was no treatment that ever worked for me and I was really sick and I was terrified. I was in a constant state of survival. I didn't understand what was going on in my nervous system and I tried everything, the things that worked for other people, they just didn't work for me. And I kept affirming this belief that something was wrong with me. And it wasn't until I started unwinding my nervous system and kind of, uh, yeah, releasing the subconscious and emotional landscape that any treatment could work. <laughs> and so that was when that revelation came, it was like, it was very powerful and it, everything made sense. And again, it, it's been such a layered process. Like I'm still unpacking layers of my birth and I have, I have a monthly group with a lot of the same women show up every time and we you know it's always open to new people and i thought like oh is this going to be redundant that we're going to talk about our births every month but all of us you know because the topic is presented like we're finding that there is always a new layer of the birth presenting as we're expanding into the next chapter of life that's so awesome so how does that work when women come as a group to do that? Is it more of a talk, talking session or are you also working on them? Well, I will do like a meditation and then give them some prompts to allow this stuff to come up. And mm -hmm. then I will go through them one by one and do some guided process in the body. Oh my gosh, that's amazing that you're doing this work because there aren't many people out there that are doing this. So the other thing is like, you could be doing this work and choosing to go to therapy, but then your therapist might be like, what the hell are you talking about? And not be aligned with like understanding, you know, that it can be traced back to an experience that happened in the womb or whatever that might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, so cool that you were able to trace it back to that one test that was done. Right. I, I love that you were able to become aware of that and then allow yourself to have these different healing modalities actually work on you. Like that's such a profound thing to put together. Yeah. And like energetically and emotionally then allow myself to even be open to support 
And, yeah. you know, things flowed much more crazily after that. Yeah. Are there like um, specific events that can happen in the birth process that, like you said, like this one specifically, right? Or any th- other ones that make it so people are like not wanting so maybe they want support, but they like can't seem like to allow it into their lives. Like, I feel like that's a really interesting trait that I've noticed with people recently. Uh, you know, like I said, that that pattern is pretty nuanced and specific. And it would be more like, yeah, because meaning, meaning that people make is so individual. We don't know, but... I know when I went back there, I, I felt exactly what my body did and it froze. And yeah. so like, you know, if we're frozen or we're in shock, nothing can come in because we're not home. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but the other thing that you brought up that I was, that I wanted to kind of circle back to was that, you know, a lot of people talk about being very empathetic and taking on other people's energy. And what I have found is that has its origins in the womb because we are undifferentiated from our mothers. We're basically swimming in her emotional waters. And so a lot of the work that I do is kind of going back there and finding out what the emotion was and was that from, maybe it wasn't even yours, maybe it was mom's. Maybe she was scared or felt unsafe in her relationship or didn't feel totally supported and you took that on or because your your survival depends on her, you made an agreement to take care of her so that you would survive. And so kind of going back and unpacking all of those layers, releasing them and then affirming like kind of your own self in your own space again that that tends to clear a lot of that oversensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear back from my clients that they have a completely different relationship with their mothers or there's much more ease. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. What about healing? So, you know, healing your own birth, and but then going on to heal, like, for example, my birth with my son or my birth with my daughter, like, how does that translate to them? Because... I've heard that if you do the work, it releases the past, your ancestors, as well as, you know, the generations moving forward. And like you were saying, yeah. everything could be an experience where we're actively like healing or talking about it or opening up that, making that repair um, when it comes specifically to my son or my daughter. But What does that look like? Yeah. When you're doing the work and how that translates. Well, your children, especially when they're babies, they're still living in your energy field. And so when you do the repair and you open that space in your body and your field, it will ripple and like, they'll have a, they'll have a matching response to it, I believe, or it will be easier for them to release that as well. And they have discovered that we are that we have 14 generations in our dna so i do believe that as well that when we release something from the lineage that it has that ripple effect 14 generations behind us and in front of us wow that's amazing i didn't i hadn't heard that before seven but then they found out it was 14 yeah 
Wow. That's amazing. Um, well, I really appreciate you sharing with us all about this beautiful work that you're doing and sharing and opening people up to new perspectives and what it can mean to heal. And I am a huge fan again, and I love your energy and I'm excited to hopefully attend one of your circles soon. Every time you send it, I'm like, I need to go. <laughs> oh, I would love to have you. And it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. And please share with us how people can connect with you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at original underscore imprint underscore birth. And my website is danapenenberg.com. And people can come see you, like make an appointment to come see you. Yeah, I have in-person sessions here in Malibu. I have virtual sessions if you're not local. And I have my monthly group here at my home in Malibu. So reach out to me, ask me your questions, and I'm happy to support you wherever you're at. <laughs>